I'm one of your hosts, Sherry Hayes, and I am joined today by Tina Moss. Hey, Tina. Hi, how are you today? Hot. <laughs> well, you we are, are hitting, no, we are hitting 90 today. <laughs> oh my God, I can't, I can't live without air conditioning. I am one of those people who like mm. just will melt away. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't grow up with air conditioning and I don't have air conditioning now. So I'm, I'm very used to, uh, if you see my hair, if you're watching on YouTube and you see my little hairs flying <laughs> in the wind, that is because I do have a fan blowing on me right now. Otherwise I would be dying. Uh, <laughs> and I really don't want to melt while I'm doing the podcast. So oh yeah. Yeah. So what have you been up to writing wise, Tina? So I have um, the short story coming out in the Claimed Among the Stars anthology. I actually just got the cover back from for that. And I think I'll have it ready by the time this podcast goes up. So I'll pop it on the screen if it is. And if not, I'll pop the anthology cover on the screen or both. But I've been writing away for that story that's coming out um, in a couple of weeks. And then I have to finish up Aliens Temptation, which is coming out in July. So I'm just all the words right now <laughs> it's crazy that you're on that's the third book in your alien series third book. right yep, yep. to say i remember when the first one came out it's hard to believe you're gonna be releasing number three i'm so write, excited <laughs> you write so much faster than i do <laughs> I, I and honestly it's still not fast enough for me i i want to get the words down faster but as you know and as you experience with the day job it's just uh it's pretty much impossible but how about you how, what have you been writing or up to uh, well, I, um, I just got the uh, proof back for the paperback of change. Yay. So I'm excited about that. Uh, it will be I'm going to release the paperback in the plan is July. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it's been a long time coming. I released the ebook in like two years ago. Oh, wow. And I just never got around to doing I had some cover designer issues. Mm -hmm. And just never got the paperback uh, formatted and uploaded and things like that. So I'm finally getting around to doing that. And Fun. then I am working on uh, claiming his kiss, which is going, which is the fourth book in my um, servant's kiss BDSM series. So awesome. do you know when yeah. that's coming out? Uh, the plan is October. Awesome. So I want to get a little further into writing it before I do the pre-order just because of my crazy life. I don't want to put the pre-order up and have readers expect that it's going to be there. And then I have to pull it and I just don't want to do that. It's just, I hate disappointing readers like that. I want to be I able to say, you. hey, it's up there. Um, but in that vein, that kind of brings us to our topic today. So excited. <laughs> So we're going to kind of talk today about some non-traditional book launching, book marketing, 
uh, book funding mm-hmm. um, methods. What's yeah. out there other than just uploading your book to the retailers, you know, the traditional retailers of Amazon, Apple, Barnes and Noble, Kobo, Google Play. Um, kind of what is some of the other stuff that's out there that authors can utilize? Exactly. So, um, let's see. The I guess the first one we'll talk about is the one I am venturing out to and one yeah. you have been doing for a while. <laughs> so this is one we both have a little bit of experience in, although mm-hmm. you have a lot more than I do, um, which is Patreon. Yes. I would say arguably it's probably one of the two biggest non-traditional platforms for book publishing. And essentially it's, it's not even necessarily publishing your book, although a lot of authors do put writing content up there, which makes sense. Some authors will put pre-published chapters up or works in progress, or they'll give early access to their patrons. Mm -hmm. It's just depending on all how you do it. Um, But there's a ton of other things that you can do on Patreon. And one of the things that is popular in my genre in alien romance, and I think will be very popular in your genre of BDSM as well, is uh, not safe for work or NSFW art. And I really love this. Have you had any NSW art done yet for your? I haven't. It is, it is, I did put it as one of my tiers to do, you know, to do that type of artwork. Um, What I put it is what's my artwork. I said, you know, book, you know, related to my books, artwork Mm -hmm. that's related to a book, some may be not safe for work. Uh, (laughs) So they might all be, but I figure, you know, I I would be more like, key scenes in my book mm-hmm. and some of those are going to be maybe not safe for work you know I do write right. some pretty steamy stuff but <laughs> I I I formed it I decided to end up venturing into Patreon because um I it almost a little bit like motivation <laughs> <laughs> because um I really need something to I guess hold me accountable for mm-hmm. getting the words in Mm-hmm. And what better way to hold myself accountable than being having to upload constant contact content right. to people who are paying me for that content. I need mm-hmm. to, you know, that, that kind of may, puts pressure on me to put that in there. So my patrons will get, my patrons will actually get to read the drafts, like the chap- wow. chapter by chapter as I write them of my books. That's um, very neat. Which I know is a little scary for people, but I, <laughs> I actually am pretty particular when I write. So mm-hmm. um, I, I, while I make changes at post first draft, I don't, they're not like, I know when Danielle, uh, one of our other hosts, when she writes her first draft, I don't think she puts any dialogue tags or anything I, like that in that, her that, first draft. That breaks my brain. I can't do that. I am very much I like can't. you. I need mm-hmm. to edit as my go as I go. And because of the nature of my rapid release schedule, my editor actually edits right behind me. So like oh, as, wow. as I'm done and have edited a chapter and feel like it's good to go, it goes off to her. It comes back mm-hmm. to me and we, we do it again because I, I can't do a, I'm not one of those who can put all the words on the page for a first draft and then go back and edit that. That is not my style. I need to have. Each yeah, I can't do done. that either. I mean, like I said, Danielle, I think she does like at least four drafts and I'm going, what? I would drive me nuts. I was like, I'm first draft. And then maybe one more quick run through to mm-hmm. tweak some things. And then it's gone. Like, exactly. It's, 
I'm out the door. Um, so yeah, but what, what other than, uh, not safe for content <laughs> and do you do early? Do you do early so, uh, content as well? Or? I do some early content in mm-hmm. the term, in the sense that I will give some spicy scenes. Mm-hmm. I will give some behind the scene looks at what I'm working on. And that could be early access to covers or early access to chapters. I'll run specials where if you are in a certain tier or if you decide to move up to a certain tier, you'll get a paperback copy or you'll get a free ebook copy of whatever I'm currently releasing or running on sale. Um, I really like the artwork because it also helps in the artists. So we're in mm-hmm. the authors and then we're also helping other creators. So I love that connection there. Um, I also like to do read-alongs. This is a, a mm-hmm. new thing that I started in April where I give, I go back to some of my books and we do a read-along together and the, my patrons get to see my thoughts on those particular chapters Uh, I also do that in my reader group on Facebook, which is free, but my patrons, whereas everybody gets my, my text-based responses, my patrons get video responses. So I'll do video responses of what I was thinking about the chapters and, you know, what I was thinking when I was writing them, how I react to them, reading them after. And that's been a lot of fun. So there's so many things you can do on, on Patreon. Yeah, there, there really is a lot more. uh, And they suggest some things too. I mean, Mm -hmm. when you set it up, uh, they, you know, they're like, oh, a Patreon only newsletter, you know, um, you can do merch, like you can do exclusive yeah. merch. Um, that's actually is- a good little like sideway if we want to talk about merch yeah. at all. Yeah, um, I think that's great. So, so first go ahead, like talk a little bit more about the, the patron benefits. And then oh, we'll- I mean, yeah, I mean, just, um, they, you know, they have just where you can do exclusive polls and, yes. um, and things like that. And there's just so many, there's probably like, 20 different suggestions mm-hmm. that they give you on what you can, um, what you can provide your patient and you get to choose, um, which, which tiers those go into and, uh, how much you want to charge. You can charge as little as a dollar and really up to however much you want. I mean, right. to there, I don't know that there is a limit. I'm sure from a, from a person perspective, you know, how much people are going to pay there probably is. Um, but you know, as far as what they'll allow you to do a tier for, um, I've seen, I have seen some authors who actually offer tiers, uh, of like some 50, some a hundred dollars, um, a, a month tier that gives them a, um, private or at least, you know, the group that's in, you know, that's in that tier, mm-hmm. um, they get to go to a, like a private dinner with the author at, uh, a book conference. Like if they come to a book conference, mm-hmm. the author will actually, uh, take them out to dinner essentially, that's and it just have like a one-on-one, which I, I think is really cool. If you've got, you know, if you have, you know, people who want to, you know, readers who actually really want to sit down and have a, you know, an hour long, you know, discussion with you, whether it's about books or marketing, or maybe they're an aspiring author or something like that. You know, it's a great thing. I mean, it's a great option. 
So you can also yeah. do that. Um, you can do private live streams for your patrons if you want to do something virtually. I do have that yeah. as an option in one of my higher tiers, um, like a monthly, you know, live stream mm-hmm. with me where they can ask questions or we can just chat and, you know, have our tea in our respective homes. But it's a fun way to really connect with people, I think, on a mm-hmm. deeper level than we get to uh, with our regular readers. And it also, of course, helps to finance an author's career, which yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And they, and, and diversifying your income is not a bad thing. It's always a good thing. So important. So, so important. So important. And um, you want to, when you're setting up your tiers, one of the most important things I thought when I was setting it up, they kind of remind you mm-hmm. as you're setting up and, and setting up your pricing for your tiers is that you need to be thinking about how much time investment it's going to take you. And if you're doing like artwork, or merch or things like that, how much monetary investment mm-hmm. that it's going to cost you uh, to do this to, right. for your patrons. <clears throat> so yeah. you, you don't want to, I know it's so easy, you know, sometimes as authors, you know, we think like, oh, well, you know, maybe I should just give them access to this for a dollar a month. Mm-mm. And it's like, well, think about it. How, how much of your time are you investing in, you know, maintaining this Patreon upload, you know, making the content, uploading the content. Kent, do you have to pay an artist to, uh, to do the drawings, to upload the content? All of that has to right. be figured out um, and to still give you to where you're making some sort of money to right. know, for that investment of time that you're doing. So. And I've seen a lot of people, this is not true of my tiers, my, my dollar patrons um, still get access to the posts um, that I put mm-hmm. on Patreon, but some uh, people, not just authors who are running Patreons will do the dollar tier. Essentially, it's just a donation. You, they mm-hmm. actually don't, the patrons I've don't get that. anything for that particular tier. And that of course is up to you, which is similar to other things like Kofi, which is K-O-F-I. It's an alternative um, to Patreon and it has similar things with tiers and uh, memberships that you can do. It's just essentially another platform. It's not quite as big as Patreon, but I, I've, uh, I've tried Kofi before and I know that other people do it as well. Mm-hmm. And then some people will put links in their bio or in their link tree or whatever it is that are Venmo, Cash App or PayPal. And it just says basically like, if you wanna support me, if you wanna buy me a coffee, yeah. like, you know, you can you can donate here. It's essentially in a donation button for authors, creators, et cetera. So I, I think all of those things um, have their pluses and minuses. I think personally for me, it feels a little weird to ask for, you know, something for nothing. Um, but I don't yeah. judge anybody else who does. I think for me, I just want to be able to give something back. It's kind of in my nature. But again, there's there's essentially there's nothing wrong with doing that if it's what you're comfortable with and what your readers are comfortable with. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But also let's let's dive into merch because that's one of my favorite things. And this podcast is going up, I think, before my official announcement, but I will give our YouTube watchers a little sneak peek because I do have more merch coming out, which I'm super excited about sharing. It's some uh, T-shirts, sweatshirts, tank tops, tote bags of this particular alien pickle proud reader design. Um, so you have to go over to YouTube in order to see what the design is if you want a sneak peek. 
but you can also do so many things with merch beyond like clothing and bags and mugs, etc. You can do things that we traditionally think of as swag and that we would give out at conferences, things like stickers, keychains, bookmarks, art prints, etc. All of those things can be merch that you put on. I recommend putting it on your website, but you can also do it on a shop like Etsy or wherever you're comfortable with and whatever your, you know, technological experience is. I like yeah. the website and I recommend that usually because you can do it for free um, through a platform like WordPress and, and WooCommerce um, rather than the listing fees on Etsy. But Etsy also has its pluses because it has a built-in audience that might be looking for things besides just you as an author. So again, pluses mm -hmm. and minuses. But yeah. merch is, is awesome and a great way to extend beyond your writing. And then of course you can sell signed paperbacks and hardcovers. Yes, which are very, very popular, especially if you are going to do exclusive covers mm -hmm. or exclusive hardcovers, things like that. Um, and going back a little bit to the Patreon, you could actually, yeah. um, you could actually offer, if you're selling on merch on your website, you can, uh, most of those website platforms for merch, they offer the ability for you to uh, have coupon codes, mm -hmm. have promo codes. And so you can offer your patrons an exclusive code to get, you know, 10% off or 15% off or whatever of any merch that they would buy from your store. Exactly. So, you know, or maybe you could offer them free shipping if they, you know, buy from your, you know, if they're a patron. Mm -hmm. um, that would be really good because we all know, at least these days, shipping costs a lot of money. <laughs> it sure does. It sure does. <laughs> so, you know, um, yeah, I mean, I know that I last, uh, what, two years ago, I think I shipped something to Indonesia and it costs me almost twice as much as book costs. Yep. I've had that and experience That was before. <laughs> two years ago. So I have no idea how much it would cost now to ship that to Indonesia. But if you think, if you have a patron mm -hmm. that, you know, is you know, is in, in across the world, the other half of the world. And you say, Hey, if you, you know, if you are one of my patrons, you support me every month and this tier, um, you know, you can, you know, anything in my merch store, you can get for 15% off, or you can mm -hmm. get for free shipping or whatever. They're going to usually, cause I find that most of the time, most of my readers um, if they're overseas, they would love to have printed copies of my books, but they're hesitant because of the cost of shipping. They yeah. want to sign copies. They just can't justify paying the cost of the book plus the cost of the shipping. Right. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's a lot of money. I mean, you, you think about it. If you're talking about having to basically pay like close to $60 for a single signed copy of a paperback, mm -hmm. that's a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I think that's an awesome incentive. idea. Yeah. yeah, the incentive is awesome. So let's see, what should we talk about next? What platform? So um, the big platform, the second biggest platform I can think of yeah. in terms of uh, actual non-traditional publishing is Kickstarter. And Kickstarter is interesting because Kickstarter in the author community, I will say, started out a little controversial. People mm -hmm. were not so thrilled with the idea that readers had to put money up front before they actually received the book. So essentially they were praying for the production of the book. 
And it started out with a lot of controversy. And I feel like some big name authors got onto the Kickstarter platform and suddenly everybody was like, Kickstarter is totally great. Yeah. Well, um, see, I, I think I yeah, think that ahead. part of that reason, though, is mm-hmm. because I think that a lot of people, especially in the author community, when it was first kind of presented, mm-hmm. it felt very GoFundMe-ish. That's a great point. It did. It did and feel that way. That really does kind of, yeah, it, because GoFundMe, you really are, you know, with, with Kickstarter, you have the goal and all of that. But once that goal is met, you have told people what they're going to get. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's just part of the, it's almost like, it's similar to Patreon in the fact that like, if you, if you uh, pledge for this tier, you get X, Y, and Z. And if Mm -hmm. you pledge to this other, this higher tier, then you get X, Y, and Z. Plus you get, you know, these extra, um, extra benefits or extras, um, if the, um, if it's, if we meet the, if they meet their goal by a certain date, mm-hmm. then there's always like uh, extra incentives. So it right. incentivizes people to uh, pledge early and, and all of that. So it, it but it, at, like you said, at the beginning, it did feel very much like GoFundMe, which is, you know, GoFundMe yeah. can just be like, here, so give me money. I think part <laughs> of the issue too, was some of the early uh, writers on the platform were newer to the author community and also like hadn't written the book yet that they were suddenly, you know, kickstarting for. And again, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with any of these methods. I think you're exactly right in the way that it was presented, especially in the beginning, it did have very much those vibes of like, you know, GoFundMe and kind of like a pick me uh, a vibe to it. Though I think now Kickstarter is you know, pretty much widely accepted in the community. I know a lot of authors who have used it successfully for different projects, things like audiobooks or book boxes or special editions of hardcovers or paperbacks or anniversary editions, etc. I myself have thought about doing it for audiobooks because audiobooks are so expensive, expensive. and creating a Kickstarter would help alleviate some of those costs and make sure that the money was there. I think of Kickstarter almost like pre-orders in the sense mm-hmm. that, you know, you have, uh, you have enough to see if it's worth doing, but there is no guarantee until a certain amount is met. I think that's the difference there. Like with a pre-order, you're going to get it no matter what with Kickstarter, yeah. you have, they have to get to a certain tier. The only thing I don't know about Kickstarter, and I don't know if you can answer this question if the goal isn't met, are the people that have said, I'm, I pledge this month, this much to it still like beholden to paying that? I don't think so. Okay. I okay. don't believe so. I, I, I think it just says, you know, that the goal hasn't been met and that it's, which is again, different from GoFundMe. Right. With GoFundMe, the- It's, it's happening no matter the, what. Right. Unless the, unless the person gives that money back, mm-hmm. um, you know, willingly gives that money back. Once you donate it to GoFundMe, you know, and through GoFundMe, that money is gone. You don't, right. then you I don't, don't see, I don't see the harm essentially in Kickstarter. Like for example, if you're going to put up for a book box, right. And you want to mm-hmm. know, is the investment to create this book box going to be beneficial or not? It, it is important right. to know are people interested in this? Will they pay this much for it, et cetera, before you commit to doing that? Cause it could be a very large financial commitment. Same with an audiobook and other projects like that. So. Right. Now I have heard audiobooks are not 
it's a lot harder to do audiobooks at least at the moment on Kickstarter than it is to do um, print books. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. So um, now whether that'll, you know, whether that'll be the, the case a year from now, who knows, mm-hmm. because, sure. you know, the book world is constantly changing. And I think the more uh, as a, the audiobook market grows, continues to grow and be as Kickstarter kind of becomes more of a um, accepted alternative mm-hmm. source for authors. I think it may uh, be more things because yeah, I have the same issue. I Kickstarter would be something I would love to consider for audiobooks because like you said, it is extremely expensive to produce an audiobook. I have an audiobook. My Finding Anna series is um, hugely popular series for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I have the first three books uh, as audiobooks. My previous publisher uh, published them for me, did it mm-hmm. through them. So I didn't have to pay for that. But when they went to go do the fourth one, it was because it was a much bigger book. It's mm-hmm. a 146,000 word book. Oh, wow. So it's huge. Um, when they went with two narr- two narrators, mm. um, when they went to go get the, the quote on it, it was just too much. It was a $12,000 quote oh. for this book. And, uh, you know, and they're like, yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> You know, we can't get where there's no way we can guarantee we're ever going to make our money back on this book. Or if we do it, we could be talking 10 years from now and, you know, and all of that. So they chose to not do it. Well, that's, they sent it back on my lap. It's like, well, I don't have $12,000 just sitting around, right. you know, to do it either. But I have people constantly asking me, you know, if I have this audiobook. but mm-hmm. I, I mean, unless a miracle happens, <laughs> It's not happening anytime soon because, yeah. you know, I, I, there aren't very many authors who can just, I mean, there's a few, I guess, but, um, you know, but it's a good, it's a good idea to, you know, explore Kickstarter and see, would that be a viable option yeah. to, to make it a reality? I think, I think it's great for, um, for a variety of different projects to, to explore and to yeah. expand again and diversify your business. And I would say, I think the last, uh, topic that could be for, again, non-traditional book funding is things that any creator can use platforms like, like we're on now with YouTube or with TikTok or Instagram. Um, Certain of them, YouTube and TikTok have revenue streams built into their platforms that when you hit certain milestones on the platform, you can apply for to monetize your content. Um, but all three also have sponsorship opportunities that are outside of the platforms and sponsorship opportunities are open to whatever level that you're comfortable with and what products you're comfortable sponsoring. In the case of authors, I would always suggest trying to stay towards book related things. So for example, I did a sponsorship with a book app that I had first used and tested and made sure it was comfortable. So something I was comfortable promoting and then doing a sponsored video on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, you could do that on any of the platforms. You can reach out to those companies. A lot of the times as you grow larger, companies will start to reach out to you. I would say create a media kit. Um, Canva has great templates and you can also Google media kit templates for creators, media kit templates for authors, have one available to be able to send to sponsors, but that's another whole revenue stream that I think a lot of people don't think about when they are an author. But I always say, 
you're not just necessarily an author. You have to kind of think of yourself as an author's influencer. And I hate the term, but author influencer is kind of the way that social media is going. And if you're on the platforms and if you're already talking to readers, then you have to think about how else you can financially diversify beyond the books. If that's something that you're interested in doing. Yeah, I know my understanding um, is that with YouTube, um, if you can actually set up something, the sponsors, um, a membership is very Mm -hmm. similar to Patreon. I think that's their community. groupings their Mm -hmm. community tabs have that you can do like a youtube community membership right yeah you can you may have seen it if you're if you uh, frequent youtube um for any length of time uh right down by the subscribe button right next to it you'll see a little join button if Mm. the um, creator has a, a sponsorship community type opportunity and it does allow you to join them. And some of them are, are very simple. Like some of them just do similar to the Patreon where it's just a, you know, you know, you know, pay us a dollar a month, you know, to be a member, you'll get an early, con- you know, you get to see the videos, you know, early and, um, you know, you're helping support us. And then some, I think, get a little more complicated um, where, you know, you are paying more money to get, you know, access to maybe a discord server or um you know private q a's or Mm -hmm. you know things like that so there there's definitely diversification and i think that's kind of the theme in any business these days absolutely is diversification because and especially uh in the author community because you do you know even when we talk about diversification as far as you know, eBooks and audiobooks and paperbacks and hardcovers and things like that. It's still the same uh, basic principle mm-hmm. when it comes to utilizing these non-traditional avenues. One I would or- add to that too, which is technically uh, sub rights, which is more traditional in terms mm-hmm. of like things that we're used to, right? If you're selling to a foreign publisher or to an audio publisher to create a book in a foreign language or an audiobook. Um, Those are kind of more traditional things that we think of, but there is one that kind of, I would say, skirts the line between traditional and non-traditional, and that is these mobile reading and mobile gaming apps. Um, If you are exclusive to Amazon through the Kindle Unlimited program, you cannot do this because you have exclusivity with your eBooks, except for gaming. So if it's a mobile reading app, you can't put your book to them because they're essentially then competing with Amazon. If it's a gaming platform where essentially it's an interactive story. So the company will create uh, visuals for your book and uh, think of it like um, kind of like an RPG back in the day when you play Zelda Mm. or Final Fantasy or something like that, right? It's kind of like that into a much um, lesser extent on your your phone. You're not going to get Final Fantasy worlds on your phone. That would be lovely if you could, but no. <laughs> but the, the gaming companies will take your story and sell it in that way. Um, now, of course, you get royalties for that or some companies offer advances and then royalty shares. Always read the contracts for all of them. And I would say run them by a lawyer. Uh, it's very important that you do that because because so many are popping up so quickly. There are some, you know, bad eggs Shady. out there. <laughs> You don't want to get caught up with them, but that is also another kind of non-traditional way to to get your book out there and, and seen by a different population of readers. 
Right. Yeah. There's a lot of things and, and there's always new ones cropping up every day. Mm-hmm. So you need to kind of keep an open mind and just look at the information. I, I was listening to another podcast and the, they were talking about kind of some uh, non-traditional options and not necessarily different revenue streams, but just promotional type things like TikTok mm-hmm. or, you know, Instagram and things like that. And they had the, the one lady on there had a, had a pretty um, her rule of thumb was to invest at least one week in researching the platform or t- whatever thing you're looking to use or potentially use and really do kind of almost a deep dive into it. Mm, see, see what nice. it's all about, how it works and how it would relate to you and your business mm-hmm. and then decide if it's something that you want to pursue Absolutely. because just doing a surface level uh, look at it. It doesn't necessarily get you the information that you need because it, you could be, you could be wasting your time or you could be missing out on a huge opportunity. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we, we uh, we covered quite <laughs> a bit of things. Hopefully we, uh, we gave you some ideas and some things to think about, uh, yeah. <laughs> as to, uh, doing some non-traditional stuff. And if there's anything you want us to do with a deep dive on in a podcast, just leave us a, a comment on our YouTube channel and let us know and we can go uh, do the research for you. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to have to check it out. I mean, we've, we have, the thing is, is we have, we have four, four hosts mm-hmm. and we all have very different experiences and backgrounds. Uh, and we have a variety of genres that we, you know, we publish in. So there's usually at least one or two of us that have some experience in whatever it is, right. uh, or at least have touched base on it. So um, we we get to nice you get to benefit from our uh, our experience in our bubbles, yeah. <laughs> our diversified experiences. Yes, our diversified experiences. Like your revenue streams, our experiences, both diverse. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, well. We're going to wrap things up today um, and I hope you enjoyed the podcast and join us next week for another episode of Bound by Books. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bound by Books podcast. For more information about the show and all of our hosts, visit our website at www.boundbybookspodcast.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review.